0: Welcome to the Soundgirls podcast with Katie Pagac and Daria Lipinska. Today, we have the enormous pleasure to interview Michelle Kutelenk, an audio engineer who specializes in re-recording mixing for cinema. Passioned by sound and cinema since an early age, Michelle started working in the industry 15 years ago. In April 2021, she was honoured with an Oscar for Best Sound, a BAFTA and Cinema Audio Society Award for her work on the film The Sound of Metal. Hi Michelle, how are you?
1: Welcome! Hi Katie and
2: Daria, Fine, and you? Oh, we're so good! I'm so excited to have you here! (laughs) Okay, that's (laughs) great! Well, can we start at the beginning? How did you find your way to sound? How did you get started?
1: Oh, well, uh, since uh, very young, my my parents like listen a lot of music in the house. So I was like uh, really all the time there listening to music. And I love that. I remember also listening a lot of radio, different radio stations of different type of music. They didn't have like a, preference of kind of music they um, like to listen a, a lot of kinds of music and then when i was like uh, 14 years old they uh, like um, constructed a cinema just in front of my house so it was really really crossing the street and there was a cinema so i started to go to the cinema And I was the one that um, was telling my parents, yeah, that was uh, this uh, release this Friday. We should um, go and see it and watch it. And it was me like uh, all the weekends that said to them, oh, let's go and see a movie. And um, there was like, I didn't know how I wanted to to see it in the theater, but I know that I need to be like an hour before the show starts to like uh, grab a good place and be in the middle of the stage and listen very good and see it very good. So I was the one like in the front of the line always (laughs) and like an hour before the show started and I was waiting and then my parents like arrived just on time to the start of the movie. I watched a lot of films and then when I had to, in the high school I had to choose between a specialty between like uh, literature, economic or science. So I was like looking to, uh, I forgot the name of like a thing where you can find like the professions. And um, I found uh, audio engineering and I read it and I said, oh, wow, it's so cool that something like that exists. (laughs) And I was like uh, telling my mom and my dad, oh, I, I think I found what I want to do. And they said to me, well, that's great, <laughs> let's do it. And I, I, I saw that uh, there was like a, a lot of specialities, like uh, live sound, radio, or um, music and cinema. But because I liked uh, a lot of cinema, I, I thought perhaps there could be like a combination of both, like a lot of sound and a lot of cinema. And then, um, well, that was it when I, um, get out of um, high school I when I graduated I was like looking for a university where I wanted to to study and then I um, I found this uh, university in France because in Mexico at that time there were like only just uh, focused cinema schools or just like acoustic a very engineering and acoustic school and there was not like a blending of the two of them it was so much um, like um, to be a photographer or um, directing or uh, perhaps uh, screenplay, but not really sound. So I found this school in France. It was very hard to, to get into, but I was lucky because there was like um, 500 of, uh, applications of around the world for like 12 places. Wow. And, wow. and I was admitted, so I went to study to France. That's how I started. <laughs>
2: That's fantastic. Where in France?
1: In France I, I was in Angoulême at uh, lycée de l'image d'ici uh, the first 2, oh, two I- years
0: as if as if
1: i know that. <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's a it's a place in 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 france because in france that school was like uh, in between it was yes a lot of cinema classes history of cinema but a, a lot of technique and sound and acoustics and economics and literature it was like a, and practices also because there was like a, 12 of sound but there were also like 12 of image 12 of um, editing 12 of production and 12 of uh, maintenance. So there were like teams, mini teams of two people, two people, two people, two people to do like short films and all that things.
2: That sounds like a really good school. I'm like kind of jealous (laughs) I don't go to that school. That's fantastic. Wow. So coming out of, like you went to a second school as well after that, is that right?
1: Yes, I went uh, because at that, that time you you could like uh, do the first two years then you can you could do like your degree and then your master degree. So I went like that, and I did a third year and a fourth year like studying also um, video and cinema. Yes, and then I I came back to Mexico. And what
2: was your first move coming coming back to Mexico? How did your career get started at a school?
1: Well, I knocked a lot of doors during like. Um, Three months, and I was like, I just graduated, and I, um, I, and I want to work, but I didn't have the experience. So I, um, I was like, Well, yes, we will call you back. No, <laughs> a lot of
2: classic lot story. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Well. Well. And then uh, one day I, I arrived with a with a woman that um, I I um, told her. Well, I have been like searching for like a couple of months and I don't find um, any, any job. And um, I love sound and I love cinema. And she told me, well, you should go to Estudios Churubusco Azteca. That is like a, a studio place in Mexico City where you have like stages for recording films a lot of things, uh, image sound and a lot of things. And she told me you should go there and ask for, um, for the THX um, stage where they do the, all the mixing of the films with uh, Jaime Bakst So I was like uh, calling every day during <laughs> like weeks <laughs> if I could get uh, like an interview with um, like with the chief uh, staff engineer of the place. And then uh, fortunately he was always busy, like recording films. So one day he finally told me, well, you can come and see. And uh, he told me, remember he told me, well, the cinema is not so glamorous as you could think it is. <laughs> it's a really hard work. You should be aware that there is like like long uh, journeys of work, like uh, during hours and hours, all in the same stage. We're not like uh, going out, it's like uh, dark inside. Uh, We should be like uh, if it was uh, like a submarine or uh, all together during hours and hours and hours. So you should be really sure that uh, it's like your stuff. And so he told me, well, we can do like a test and could be you can be here like for a temp mix of a movie for three days to see if you like it and if you can uh, handle it. And and because of when the first time I've, I just entered the stage, the mixing stage of Chirubusco, it was like a lot of, I, I felt like the magic in the air and I was like sparkling things and everything like shined to me yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I really need to work here. It's really amazing. And here is where all these stories are like constructed and mixed and w- where the sound is like, a, yeah. So I was, yeah, I want to be here. <laughs> so I was there like this uh, three day temp mix. And then I was like, yes, I want to be to be here if you, if this movie, because of this was the first uh, the temp mix and then the mix, the film was going to be mixed. And so they invited me to be there during the mix. And so I was there like during this mix and during other projects during like uh, six months every day before I got like um, admitted to Churubusco.
2: Wow, six months and so Did his warning kind of resonate with you? Were you like, yes, I'm on a submarine, I get what he's saying? Or were you like caught up in the magic of it all still?
1: (laughs) No, because uh, it's really, um, for people, for for example, there are like um, uh, location sound mixers that always like to be outside Mm -hmm. and to be with a lot of different people. And it's like really moving a lot. And being inside the stage is like really—you have to be inside the stage. You're going to be there for hours and hours, and with the same people. Uh, you will try not to kill <laughs> yourself. Yeah. And it's like, well, yes, I can, and uh, fortunately, I um, I could do it. So yes.
0: Yeah, it's good. Yes. Hope you got you got your vitamin D somehow. <laughs> somehow,
2: yeah, the, the crack yeah. in the window. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, that's, little.
2: That's marvelous. So, okay. So then, what was like? What were those projects like? Just getting started? Were you, you were just watching a lot, or like, how did you get your hands on the gear and start?
1: I, I was the first like months, I was, I was just there like watching what they were, were doing. And um, after that, uh, in, in the like uh, times between projects or things like that, I was like reading a lot of the user manuals or what I can find, or talking to the other engineers and um, to try to, to learn. Because yes, the, um, the school is very important it's like the base but then there is like a lot of specialization that uh, you need to know or equipment you need that is really really uh, specialized and that you need to know so i was there like um, reading a lot of manuals watching a lot of movies like i i saw that there was like 100 best films so i said well let's begin were watching like film number one then number two <laughs> and number three and I was like th- that was my um, what I was doing I was there like um like a a shift for, and then I read the manuals, I watched the movies and talked to the others. And then uh, finally, uh, Studios Turbo was like a big, uh, big film enterprise. There was like a union inside. And so if you you need to be part of the union, if you need to work there and all that. And I was lucky that uh, someone just of the mixing stage just moved to another place. So there was like this vacant place so I applied with uh, other two guys and I uh, and I was the one that was um, like kept I love how you're always Ooh.
2: filling the slots of like the very few slots you're the one <laughs> and I'm so happy because now look at you right
0: <laughs> exactly where are you right now is it in your studio
1: I am in Mexico City at LX. we have like uh, two rooms we are like starting a film in the other room and I am here in the second room for doing this. Thank you for joining us, we're so honoured that
2: they're, they're working on a movie next door to you. <laughs> and you're here with us, that's so lovely.
0: I mean, yeah. it's great background.
2: Oh yeah, yes, you look so official. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's wonderful. So I know Pan's Labyrinth, I guess, was one of your early assistant mixing mm-hmm. gigs. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies, so uh, I, I can't help but talk about that. How did how did that go for you, Penn's Labyrinth*?
1: The main mixer, Estudio Busco, was there. Like he, um, he like constructed all the mixing stage stage checks in here in Mexico City, and he moved from Estudio Busco to another mixing um, like um, stage. That co- name is New Art. And then in New Art, there was like a, they they were doing like a, a lot of uh, publicity, but they needed someone who had um, really like a, a knowledge of film. So he told me, "Where do you want to come to New Art instead of uh, staying at Churubusco?" And I told him, "Yes, of course." So I went to New Art, and then in New Art, I was like, "Well, you're going to be uh, my assistant." Pan's Labyrinth was in fact my third like movie because I had two previous ones. And then I was like uh, so um, ingenious. I, I don't know if it's the world. Uh, I didn't know exactly how to do everything, mm-hmm. of course. I was just beginning. But then uh, there was like a lot of um, effects and the pan and the fairies. And the, the, there was like also like a, a sapo, I don't remember the name. What the, but uh, the creature the with the...
2: Oh, the fawn. The, cre-
1: that- the creatures, all, all the other all things yes in the in, in oh, its
2: hands yeah no what, what was his name no no face no that's another movie oh my god oh, but yeah
0: <laughs> terrifying no. the pale man uh-huh. the pale man to the day exactly. the scariest thing i've ever seen
1: uh-huh so there was uh, there, there was like a, a lot of sounds uh, and we uh, at the time we don't didn't in the stage uh, uh, it hadn't like a lot of tracks it had like just uh, 48 tracks of pro tools wow so it was um not at all. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And so I was like, "Well, we can do like uh, different pages and do a combination and do like masters." And I was like suggesting that because I didn't know how exactly how could that work with a lot of lot of tracks and tracks and tracks and tracks and the dialogues yeah. and the music and all that thing. And I one, once I, I told Jaime, "Well, we could try that." I know that because I I read in the manual that <laughs> we could. <laughs> <laughs> we could do like a lot of combinations and different pages and do like stamps mm-hmm. and import those stamps to a master page of stamps and I was the one that I was, well, well, yes, we can do it. And he told me, are you sure you can do it? And I was, oh, yes, sure. <laughs> 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 of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I managed yeah. to do it. So <laughs> I love that you
0: read the manual so... because I just... I love the manuals for everything. I always read the manual and then, and then dazzle people with your ma- magical knowledge of you know, secret things. But. Well it's, uh-huh.
1: it's not about uh, like uh, learning by heart the manual. It's just like knowing that perhaps somewhere you read something that could help you and then uh, you could perhaps not knowing exactly how to, but you know that it's there and you can go and look it and try it. So, but that uh, the possibility exists. So I was there. Well, I read that the possibility exists, so we can perhaps try it. So working in pants Labyrinth was a very long, long, uh, like uh, we were like 12 weeks or something like that of mixing. It was a long, long project. And from that, I learned, I think, that <laughs> a lot of technical things, but <laughs> I also like I didn't drink enough water. Mm. Because I, I didn't want to go to the bathroom every five, <laughs> five yeah. minutes. So, so the last weeks with, um, with, before Guillermo del Toro arrived, because we were like doing like a first pass along with the um, sound designers and sound supervisor, and Jaime, that was also their mixing. And then Guillermo was going to arrive. And then the last week before Guillermo arrived, I was like, no, I can't. I couldn't drink a lot of water. I need to be here. I need to do a lot of stuff. And so I had like a this dehydration problem. I was and I just fainted and I had to go to the hospital in between. Yes.
2: (laughs) Wow. So you learned firsthand you need to take care of yourself in the mixing room. Very important.
0: Exactly. Um, You must have had some mad dreams after mixing all of that weird (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I was really scared because I, I also I don't like like seeing in the movies like a lot of blood. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was this part where the like uh, the main character like is like beating someone and I was always like, no, I don't I don't want to see oh, that. Oh the part, bottle, but... I
2: can't. Exactly. I can't, yeah.
1: Exactly. And I was always like, oh no, I need to go to outside and take some air to <laughs> because I'm always very like sensitive with all these scenes mm. of blood yeah. and I cannot handle them because it impresses me so much. Yeah. But after the end, I need to do it. So <laughs> And add sound to it, mix the sound of the smashes <laughs> and the drips. <laughs>
2: Unbelievable. That's amazing.
1: And then uh, Guillermo del Toro arrived and we needed to do a lot of things and it was like a really a great, great experience because he was always like, um, and he always remembered the sounds and I I was like, how does he remember all the Mm. sounds that are there? Uh, Does he have like (laughs) a super memory or what's happening with him? and he's like very, a lot of going to combine the things and doing like a lot of um, crazy sounds with the mouths that he, he, he likes to do this, like the creature sounds with his voice and he always loves to do that in, in his films. So it was like a really great experience, yes.
0: Yeah, were you okay after the hospital?
1: Yes, I was there like for uh, just um, one afternoon. That was it? But I yes, it was like really intense, and I learned that I um, we always need to take care of ourselves, and even if there are like very long, long shifts and hours and hours and hours, at some point we need to say we need to make a break. We need to really like eat, drink, or get just go out and take some air, and um, it's for health. So yes. <laughs> So, like mm-hmm.
2: that moment, you learn to incorporate that immediately into your kind of mixing routine. Well,
1: I, 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 <laughs> I, I <don't> somehow <laughs> I should have done more, but uh, yes, I, I always think, oh no, I don't, I don't want to happen this to me again. So I need to, yes.
2: When, when were you mixing on your own? When did your first experience come? Where you're all alone as the re recording mixer.
1: In fact, because I was uh, first um, Jaime's assistant, I was like there, like learning a lot of because I was sound recordist and the uh, sound uh, mixing assistant. And then, like, the path or like the path I should have taken is like uh, because I was working a lot of Jaime with, in a lot of interesting projects. At once, I, I had I asked myself, Well, I, can, I could do my, um, my mixing alone or I could do like a shared mixing team, and so Jaime and so we went on to, to do like Jaime does dialogue and music, and I do effects, ambience, and foley, and that's how we. Because here in the in the other stage, in the stage one, we have like a two console operator. A console of two operators, so each one has his own automation and can do his own things and with his own pro tools and all that. So we like um, decided, and I, I told him, "Well, well, I want to to share the mixing with you because I know he's really good at dialogs and music, and I uh, I like learn to be. I hope so good with FX, Ambience and Foley." And, uh, as we have the the two console operator well it's like really really good and also because i think when when you're the only one who's mixing it's it's only like your point of view perhaps the sound designer and the director but when we are two of of us mixing i i can always tell him well i think this dialogue perhaps need this uh, or oh, this music and he also tells me, well, you, you know, here in the effects, you could do this. So I like also this like uh, combining things and having like a second opinion of some, someone else. And I always like thought where, uh, well, if we are two of us, uh, we can like do better things and think, perhaps if I don't know how to do one thing, he does, and if he doesn't know how to do one, I know. You so read the manual. Like,
2: uh... You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not always about the manual. <laughs> it's a good starting point. Yeah, I will. I, I will tell. But uh, it's like um, I learned in my uh, in my path, like uh, doing, like that, and having like this ritual imitation of uh, of ideas and the other one. I know the other like uh, friends, uh, mixing engineers that do their mixing alone, and um, I I, I'm not sure if I um, I, if I could do it on my own. Perhaps if if it's not with Jaime, perhaps it could be with another person. But I like this like team uh, mixing thing.
0: Yeah, you you lose. I mean, you gain perspective. Someone mm-hmm. else, you can very quickly get into mm-hmm. your own head and just and stop knowing what's good and what's not after a while.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, it, it uh, makes like specialize really. Uh, like, uh, it's it's good to know that like how to mix dialogue, how to mix music, and how to mix effects. But because I am I'm always like um, this uh, all these recent years doing like effects and ambits and Foley. I'm like focusing in this. I'm trying to learn a lot of from this and like really specializing in that. So, the, also that um, I think it's uh, it's really good.
2: Yeah. So, along those lines, I know we're probably going to talk a lot about sound of metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've been
0: we've been building up to that, haven't we? I
2: know. <laughs> it's, I know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm releasing it too early because, but I just have so many <laughs> well, questions.
0: Honestly, yeah, just been, <laughs> I, I, I was waiting for you to say it <laughs> because we we uh, we talked about it earlier, and we both love this film and we love the sound in it although it is very hard to watch for someone in our profession. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it, it it made me cry a little bit. <laughs> Amazing you. job, and
2: congratulations, yeah. of course, on the BAFTA, Thank on the you. Oscar, oh my gosh, yeah. Thank you. But I was wondering, because I know you did dialogue editing, and then you were one of three re-recording mixers, and I imagine now that you're saying you work on Foley ambiences and effects. So you yourself did basically dialogue editing, and then focused on the mixing of effects, right?
1: What happened in Sound of Metal is because uh, because here in, uh, at Astro we had like this uh, two console operator, and everything we we do here it's like um like a split like that dialogue and music time, and I do effects, sounds, and fully. But uh, uh, the main mixing of uh, Sound of Metal was done in another studio, mixing studio that is like. Um, an hour and a half from mexico city and we did like a lot of um, the almost everything but then we we took the master stems here to the studio to listen so at splendor omnia in Teposlan, the other studio there was like only one operator um, console so what we did was not splitting the the work like that uh, the thing that happened was, was that uh, carlos cortez the other recording mixer was the one that did like the first uh, mixing pass like, uh, of dialogue, music, and effects. He, with the director Darius and the uh, sound supervisor designer Nicolas Becker, they spent like three weeks to, to say, well, this is uh, approximately the film how it's meant to be. And then, at the beginning of the fourth week, uh, it was Jaime and me that arrived to Splendor, and so we like um watched the film and I I'm always like uh- doing when i watch the films like that i always take notes with time code and i say well in this time code it's like my um Père Noël, uh, santa claus list to go merry christmas <laughs> <laughs> of all the changes that i want to be done and right. i i remember that i did like uh, 600 oh, notes <laughs> of things that i wanted oh, Wow! yes of two hours like in real time i was like a mad taking notes.
2: Taking Uh, them furiously, yeah, I love uh,
1: that. (laughs) This, 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 to Santa Claus, all all these are my presents. 600 presents. (laughs) Exactly. And then uh, with Jaime, um, we we did like a combined thing. Uh, We did like dialogue music and effects together. What happened with dialogue is that uh, there was like another uh, dialogue editor that did all the um, pass-off edit of dialogues, but it was not exactly the the approach that um, the director wanted. It was not um, as natural mm-hmm. as um, it should be. So what happened is that uh, I needed to do a lot of dialogue editing in 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 the stage. Mm. Wow. So I was like editing, and when I finished, Jaime did like a pass of um, dialogue mix, mm. and then I was like doing a pass of um, effects of 40 things. And then if I, I had like notes for dialogues, I told Jaime, "Well, uh, I think this should be changed." And um, if he had like notes of effects, I he told me, "I need. I think this could be changed." But we did more like a really combination of things, and I was doing like all the FX spannings, and where he got the implant, and um, and we divided like, um, not as um, dialogue, Jaime and I, it, with like a combination of of things, but it was like yes, a lot of of weeks, we spent like almost at the end, we spent, because there was like three cuts, three different versions of the film, the first version was like a two hour and 20 minutes, then there was like Another, but three months later, <laughs> another version of two hours and, tw- and ten minutes, and then six months later, there was another version that is the one that is now on Amazon, uh, that is uh, two hour long. So at the end, I think we spent like um, ten weeks at uh, Splendor in Teposlan and then we spent like um, seven weeks here at Astro.
0: Wow. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> a lot. For 600 notes. Yes.
1: I don't know. I always like um, like to think into, like mm-hmm. my Santa Claus list, that's very my cute. wish list <laughs> of things. <laughs> it is cute. Uh, <laughs> How many
2: did you get? Did you like you covered all of them? You got all 600 of your wishes? Uh, I,
1: th- I think yes. But in other films, I, I always uh, like uh, do a lot of notes. And I always, well, I need to do more notes. So if I can, can have only the third part of it, I say, well, you know, I have all these notes, we should at least do these ones. And they say, well, yes, we should do at least, at least a third or, or, or sometime in the, in between of of your notes. So yes, I do a lot.
0: Uh, did you get any notes regarding like the experience of, I suppose, losing your hearing? Cause you know i'm sure you should have you must have had some indication of what that's meant to sound like
1: yes because uh in fact what happened is that uh darius the director and nicolas the sound designer uh like they interviewed a lot of people one year before they even start the shooting so they interviewed people that had like a complete loss hearing loss or that already had like implants or some uh, acousticians and doctors, uh, to um, all these interviews and all these like uh, different approaches of people, and they uh, like uh, arrived to the conclusion that they needed like uh, different um, textures of sounds and um, like uh, some different types of sounds. Because there aren't like not two people that uh, if they had like an implant or if they had a hearing, a partial hearing noise that hear exactly the same. So it's like not really one only uh, like uh, way to do it. So uh, they had like all these uh, interviews and experiences and then they like uh, constructed and uh, grabbed all different sounds and said Well, we think that all these sounds could, uh, like, do and uh, construct the hearing loss and then the implant. And then what happened is that in the mixing stage, they had all these different kind of sounds. And it was there where we, like... um, choose and combined all these sounds to really like hear real and to feel like you the public was there and was the main character and it was also a lot of um, well we should like try this and then oh well we should try this other thing no and there were like also different approaches of the implant also and Nicolás also told us well, it's like being um is uh, losing his hearing is like being inside a pool when you, you you yourself go inside the pool and then you're like listening outside something it's like a really or something like a muffled and um, we had like all these um, indications and the imagination but because it's all, also a film we could uh, like um, try and experiment a lot of things. (laughs) It has to be like something like that is uh, like uh, based or has some foundation of research, but then it can also be creative and experiment and um, try different things. So also, for example, at the beginning, uh, when uh, Ruben has uh, the implant, there was like uh, this uh, first approach of all the sounds coming around him. And because he he has not anymore his left and right ear, and he has not anymore the directionability, because it's like with the two ears that we can listen, oh, it's coming from the left, or it's coming from from, from the front or from the rear. So he has he had lost all this uh, directionability of, of sounds coming around him. And there was like this first approach of everything, like a big thing uh, uh, around him, like surrounding him, but really like, uh, not uh, directionability, and then we listened that in the stage, and it wasn't like uh, quite feeling really um, authentic. So then I was thinking one day, and I arrived the next day and said to Jaime, "Well, we should try like doing like." In, my, in this unconscious way I, I, I sometimes have of thinking, oh well, we should do like like bubbles in front of him and all the sounds should be inside the bubble. Then we should do another bubble and the sound inside the, this bubble. And then we should do like a third bubble perhaps. And then we should like do another big bubble that has all these bubbles inside and all these things should go into his head. And like just like turn around and mess all all the way. Jaime told me, "Well, we we should try." Yes, and then uh, he told Nicolas, and then we tried, and then we listened, and it was like really um, working uh, working good, and we had like all these implant scenes that were done like that. The director and also the producer, and also Nicolas, they, they always were like really empathetic and always like listening and always like, Oh, you want to try this? Oh, yes, you well, well let's do it. And it's really, uh, really um, fortunate, or I'm so grateful that uh, there, there are like directors that um, give you the freedom of um, proposing and trying things because there are sometimes some directors that say to you, No, 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 you should. Uh, pan this thing like that and just uh, half db uh, up or half db uh, uh, down and you should only do it like that you cannot go outside of this that is my vision and you should do whatever i say but in in this case uh, the diaries and nicolas and and sasha the producer were always like well if you had some some more ideas you should try for example in the in the concert in the beginning concert there was like this first approach, and we wanted to change it because we, I, I, with Jaime, we thought that he was like playing the drums, and it's heavy metal. It should be like yes, loud, but not like just a big wall, brick wall, uh, from with no perspective and just a flat loud thing. No, it should have like some textures and pannings and levels and if you go to the snare you should listen more to the snare, if you go back to the guitar and the lead singer and all these little changes from cut to cut. So for example in the in the concert we mixed like um, three times and the, diaries, the director was happy, it was like, oh it sounds great, it's really good, And I was with Jaime, we were like, no, 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 it's not quite good enough, (laughs) we should redo it. it." So the beginning concert was the one that we spent like the more time remixing, and I think we redid like 12 times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it wasn't like feeling. Um, because I, I I was saying, well, well, it's the beginning of the movie. You should like uh, be caught inside and felt like uh, you're the one that is uh, like playing. And and then after after the movie was released, there were like some um, drum players of heavy metal that that told us, well, you you were like a, you're a drummer or what happened? <laughs> you're a heavy metal drummer. <laughs> and I was mm, no but I uh, we we were like thinking that that's the way it should like sound if you if you are in there so it's really great like to to can imagine yourself inside the movies and think oh if I if I was there I should listen like that uh, and then that this imagination or some imagination translates to the to the real world and it was like really fun
0: yeah that's that's a really good bit. I love mm-hmm. that bit so much.
2: I, yeah, I guess I'm wondering how you like hone your storytelling skills because you're trying to be super empathetic and use your imagination to put yourself there and translate that through sound. Um, how did that develop for you? How did you develop the storytelling through sound skills?
1: Uh, for example, the one or, or three of the movies that I, I really loved. Our uh, Matrix, the first one. Uh, there was another that's called Waking for a Dream. Oh my gosh! Of course, yep. <laughs> and Snatch from Guy mm-hmm. And I remember a lot that uh, when I went to watch these films, I was like, uh, really, yes, it's really visual, and I got uh, like emotional from the visuals. But I really got emotional from the sounds, and I was like, oh, "This is like a really like a big wave, like it's like enveloping me, and all the sound is around him, and I, I'm just in the movie. I'm I'm like the main character, and I I remember I was like, oh, it's like really really great to to transmit this emotion to the others through sound. So I uh, I always like watch a lot of movies, and I also um, like like. Um, watching all kinds of movies. I don't have like any genre, specific genre of of, I say, no, I I will not watch blockbusters or I only will watch uh, like art movies or no, no, no. I like everything. And I'm just, uh, every time I, I'm like a little girl, like emotional (laughs) watching the movies. And I, and I, I, and all this, I I remember because uh, sometimes when I, um, when we're mixing, I always, in the weekend, I always, go ahead and watch some movie. And on Mondays, I always went like, oh, you know, in this movie, they, they did this and this and this. We should try this in the film. <laughs> it's like ideas that are coming inside and, and being like a sponge of um, like ideas of sound that I grab from other films or from other art disciplines also.
2: Mm, well, that's interesting. Music, what else? Like, Tell us about that.
1: Well, because uh, there was like a time where, where I always like, um, I love to go to the museums and see expositions and also going to concerts of classical concerts. And I always um, tell me, well, it's like for my um, training, um, like uh, from grabbing different things of different disciplines that uh, are going to make uh, me like have this um, empathy for for the others. and it then in, into the sound for the characters of the movie that we mix.
2: For Sound of Metal, there's obviously a lot of perspective and there's a lot of contrast. What I noticed is that um, when they're at the uh, the deaf community, the ambiences are very high frequency, very buzzy, and it really contrasts with like the muffled perspective that he's hearing. Uh, can you tell us more about that and like some of your um, exaggerating approaches? For certain parts and and how you worked with that
1: because in sound of metal it's like this um contrast always uh, uh, even from the beginning it's a heavy metal concert really really loud and it cut it to the next morning really really quiet love that in- cut inside yeah the the air stream and everything is like uh, really oh it's a big thing but then it comes quiet it, and it's a lot of um dynamic changes and uh, things so in the community what happened it's like it's a really really like a naturalistic approach and uh, there were like all these uh, were like these uh, we call them the electronic insects of nicolas <laughs> mm. because he all he likes like this um textures of insects being outside and because it's uh, it's like that in the in the in the country the the house is is like there it's very naturalistic it has a lot of trees around so it it has like this really quiet and good and like nice ambience and at, at the beginning, yes, uh, when um, it 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 has to be all, also with this contrast of um, of the people like doing sign language and uh, all these like uh, doing uh, things with his hands on the table and the, and all the glasses and the forks and everything. So it was like a lot of um, uh, handling this like contrast of textures of things. Also because it if it has only. Uh, uh being like a muffled yeah. sound uh, uh, or the movie it was like a, it, it it could be like boring or it could be like well it, it cannot be like that so also into editing they they did like a lot of these like rhythm changes of things that was also accompanied by by with sound and uh we loved all these like big like uh, cuts and changes and things like that that are like uh, rhythm that's rhythm the the film so but yes all these uh, lovely electronic insects are really really great
0: have you got any advice for people starting out in uh, in the uh, film industry in the sound department drink water
2: (laughs) (laughs) read the manual and drink water
1: (laughs) be be, um, like uh, be patient and, um, like, uh, we always fail, no? Sometimes. Uh, and you shouldn't, like, be disappointed or, or, or say, oh, no, I, I will give up. We should, like, every tra- day try to do it better and try to learn from our mistakes and try to do it better uh, day after day and to be patient and to have some discipline and to do it. Um, it's like with um, consistency that um, the things are, like, um, better done
2: so can I ask then because I'm a student and I you know you, you're always kind of bad at first I think that's natural can we talk about um, do you look at look back on any of your work and think oh my god I, I would totally approach this different now and, and like to signify your growth like do you think that way
1: of course every time <laughs> but I think about I really not really I because even if I, I I listen to a movie that I, we have done like a, a month ago, it's not even like a, oh, a, a movie that I've done like 10 years ago, even a month ago, I say, oh, I perhaps could have changed this and this. But it it will always like happen. It's like um, the life uh, keeps going, and uh, the approach that perhaps you'll have will be different. Even even when you watch the movies, perhaps you watch some film uh, ten years ago. If you rewatch it now, it would it could like ha- be different or find other things. It's always like different. So uh, no, I I think. Um, we are always like changing and we had, yes, we, we had to be like rigorous, but not like a really mad and too much like uh, saying to ourselves, oh, no, this is too bad, you should, no, no, no.
2: That's good advice. I'll keep that in mind. It's a little bit critical, but <laughs> not too much.
1: <laughs> not too much.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is there anything that you didn't get to say that you want to share with the world or discuss? We sound
1: girls can do it.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, we can.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a matter of, of, of trusting ourselves and to try it and we, we can do it. Have, we, have you often been the only woman in the room? Yes, a lot of times. But um, there are more and more like other um, editing and a lot of like uh, also like uh, location mixers. Women location mixers, there there are a lot, and uh, because of the nomination, a lot of um, girls uh, like wrote me that uh, they they were like studying or doing and that they wanted to continue uh, to other schools and uh, they uh, there was like I was so grateful because they they said to me oh if you can do it I also can do it and I will like try and do. Uh, the best of myself and um, I know that uh, we're like more and more ev- each every day and so it's really, really, really nice.
0: Yeah, congratulations on, on all of that. Um, we're really, really happy to get to interview
2: Thank you for listening to the Sound Girls podcast. Check out soundgirls.org for more information. The Sound Girls Living History Project is a collection of oral history interviews that highlights the careers and achievements of women and underrepresented groups in audio. One of the interviews is with Jesse Dodd, an ADR and Foley mixer, who has over 250 credits in both TV and feature films.
1: What I've learned listening to those of you coming up is that You have no idea what's out there. You really don't know what you want to do. I just want to be in. I like to edit. Do I picture edit? Do I sound edit? What, you know, there's just all these different ways you can go. And then there are things that you don't even know that exist. I want to let people know that I exist and that this exists.
2: Be sure and catch the full interview with Jesse Dodd, along with all the other Living History interviews, over on the Sound Girls website or YouTube channel. If you're looking for more to listen to, check out what our friends in the podcasting community have in store for you.
1: On Tone Bender Sound Design Podcast, we talk to The Mandalorian's
0: mixer, Bonnie Wilde. If we get this wrong, people gonna be mad at us. (laughs) And the more we talk to people working in sound, the more we find out that they are just trying to figure out what works.
1: Like Dave Whitehead, who had no idea how to make the spaceship sounds for District 9.
0: Until he
2: tried. A vibrator shoved into a dobro guitar. And hopefully after a while, you gain enough
1: experience.
2: Like 15-time Oscar nominee,
1: Randy Tom. The most interesting stuff almost always happens when you're in the process of doing it. And you hope you get
2: it perfect, like Steve Bodecker did
1: on Black Panther.
2: You can create in people's imagination something far more terrifying than they could ever see. On Tone Vendors, we talk with the incredible artists doing sound for your favorite films, TV shows, and games.
0: They tell us how they finally figured it out.
1: You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or visit tonebenderspodcast.com. We didn't even get to take phone calls on like Joe (laughs) Dorowski films, line two.